0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: sometimes i'm like shit i should be pushing more i get a bit like oh my god you're just being a bit complacent and and that's true and like you know i guess there are people pushing more but i guess when i've been like when you're just kind of pushing for like something more it just doesn't lead anywhere good the time anything that i've ever done that has led to something has just been like me doing it because i just had to do it and no yeah. often no one else gave a shit Perfect.
0: Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I sit down and talk with the very talented actor, writer and director, Florence Keith Roach. Balancing Acts is now made in association with the comedy crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a... Comedy Crowd short, which is a, a two-minute video, one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowd.tv.com, and across media platforms. So do go and check them out. So Florence is what is commonly known in the industry as a multi-hyphenate. She's an actor, writer, and director. She recently wrote and directed her debut short film, A Family Affair, which is gone on to do extremely well on the film festival circuit. That's actually how we met at the Palm Springs Film Festival. She is currently developing TV shows. She has written, performed, and directed in plays. She's done all sorts. So this is a really interesting conversation. If you are one of those people who does them all, like me, just a, a megalomaniac. I'm not saying Florence's. I'm just purely referring to myself on, on that basis. Then this is the conversation for you. Uh, she talks about the differences between each role and what she loves about them, and I guess the aspects in that she finds quite challenging. We dive in deep about the process to Florence directing her debut short film, and we talk about her writing process, uh, the mindset of being comfortable seeing yourself on screen. Cause you know, that's a, a challenging thing at first when you're getting to acting is seeing your face plastered on the screen. I mean, I know i found that difficult at first. What am I doing with my mouth there? What is going on? And we talk about the breakthrough Florence had of getting to that point where you just kind of let go of, of the grasping of, you know, of success, of constantly pushing and just letting things unfold naturally. Then we talk about Florence's hobbies outside of her career, which is all-encompassing. So it's uh, it was interesting to hear how she finds time and things that she manages to do to, I guess, give her a peace of mind, which includes solo traveling, solitary writing retreats, which I guess are kind of work, but also not. And walking. A lot of people who've uh, come on this podcast love a good old walk. I like a walk. I like a walk. You know, it's nice. You just... You put one foot in front of the other and then yeah, your brain goes off in all kinds of directions. We also talk about social media and, and her approach to that and the challenges that come with being a performer and I guess kind of feeling compelled that you should be using social media but not necessarily finding it that it comes naturally. Anyway, there is loads and loads here to take from this episode. So, oh, and again, like Ian's episode, I'm also very bunged up in this conversation but Florence also turned up with a cough so I didn't you know there was no guilt there on my part it's not like I felt like our our genes were sort of neutralized so she coughed a few times I think managed to edit out the coughs but obviously I can't edit out my bunged up voice but don't worry this is the last episode you'll be hearing of my bunged up voice going forward I managed to uh, chop up lines of ginger and snort them on an hourly rate I didn't snort ginger I just Put it in a hot water. I don't need to te- Why am I telling this? It's irrelevant. The point is, is the last episode, you'll hear of my bunged up voice. Okay? All right. Fantastic. Over to Florence. Enjoy.
1: Perfect. We did a radio session at drama school once. And it was really enjoyable, like getting us to like... I remember they were like... um. The radio is the most intimate art form more so than any other like because you're just going into someone's house and the way that they would make us relate to the microphone like this cut you know the intimacy of it was quite amazing
0: yeah yeah and it's i think that's probably what people like about podcasts it's sort of like you're a fly on the wall of two people's conversation as opposed to like these like old school radio hi I'm Steve, welcome to (laughs) your drive time. I used to be one of those guys. What, when? I used to be on a radio station. It's now called The Beat, but it was called Bang 103.6 FM. Uh, Welcome to Bang 103.6 FM, (laughs) Coleson's largest and only radio station. And I have to record all the uh, in-house adverts as well. But did you have to do that voice? Was it like that? (laughs) No, this is how I used to speak.
1: Some people said I sounded like a dickhead. (laughs) It's funny that that's like an inherited broadcast radio, broadcast a trope. Like no one's actually said, no one's like defined it, but one after the other people just Let's imitate it.
0: it. It's like newsreaders, mm. same thing, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it seems to always happen. And poets.
1: Mm. Poets go up
0: at the end. It's really annoying. Yeah, it's all very like wistful. Mm. Even if it's a funny poem. I know. Why? I find that really annoying. Do you find there are any aspects of yourself that um, does that when you're acting? Is there any sort of mode that you go into and you're like, Oh, I'm doing that again. When you do
1: shit acting, <laughs> is that what you Didn't
0: mean? Do want to say?
1: <laughs> um, yes, I think, um, particularly in theatre, yeah. I have a habit of being um, a bit loud. Yeah, getting no, getting quite. Um, you know, when you do like something like Edinburgh as well, where you're like really tired, and like there's like two people in the audience, and like, there's like a drunk guy at the bar, and my way of reacting to that is to like get like quite. Aggie, like you know almost like anger is a yeah. go-to emotion mm. and so sometimes when I was doing my plays like friends or family would come and see it you know more than once consecutively and a lot of the time they'd be like it's a completely different play when you're like pushing it I suppose and like you know kind of leaning to I guess because like you know leaning towards the anger of something the play your work often my writing just becomes unbearable because it's like this sort of because already I'm writing about anger most of the time in some way, but, you know, the nuance of it. And yet when, when, when you're relaxed and you're allowing, you know, just allowing things to come up, it becomes, you know, the the play that it can can be. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I, um... I have to really check myself a lot of the time. Really? Yeah, I just have to make sure that I'm not like... I don't know why anger it's like, I guess it's like an urgency or something. And particularly when you're pushing it, maybe it's like, you know, urgency feels like that's going to convey the emotion and importance of yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so sometimes that will take away from the subtlety of a performance. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: It's relentless. I don't know. It's funny. I really noticed that like, in, especially with theater and, and it's the same as screen, obviously, but obviously that's different. Cause it's like, you have more chances to do it. Like the reactions to some of my work would change so much. And I, you know, it took me, it was like the skill was to allow myself, you know, that, that consistency of like settling in and, and, and just gentleness, I suppose, was something I had to work really, really hard for.
0: Yeah. Mm. Because you are, you're kind of like, you're a trained thoroughbred actress (laughs) who's now become uh, a director as well. Mm. Family Fair was your first short, right? Yeah, it was my
1: first short, but I had co-directed a short
0: perform. Okay. But it was the
1: first thing I directed on my own, yeah.
0: And how have you found the transition from performing to directing?
1: Well, it wasn't that much of a transition because I was still performing in it. So it was like like a sort of semi... You know, like I was still like... It was almost like I just added on an extra thing as opposed... It's
0: it's a big thing to add on.
1: Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I loved it. It was... um, yeah, it was it was the most, like, direct, making that short was one of the most sort of creatively satisfying things I've ever done, I think, because I suppose, um, you know, uh, I loved, I loved the way that I do it, you know, you're obviously involved in every decision, and as someone who loves being really involved, you know, that, sat. it was like, it was so visceral, there wasn't any time, you know, when you're acting often, you're like, sitting off a lot of the time, and like... Oh, yeah. know twiddling your thumbs or just worrying about your particular part whereas with this it was like so holistic there was like every single part of me had to be thinking about something different and that for me my personality type just was like I just loved it and and I think also because the nature of directing in that way is so I was so terrified you know like so I was, and also you're collaborating so heavily with other people mm-hmm. who are far better than you and far more experienced. So it was just like, you know, it was just this all-encompassing
0: creative experience that I loved. <laughs> and I can totally relate to that. Did you, mm. how, did you find it a challenge when you're going from, I guess, when you're directing yourself, you like going back, play back, please, <laughs> every two minutes, or were you kind of like... Like when I, if I'm if I'm acting in something I direct, I kind of will instinctively know if it's a good take or not, and and also I I don't I also find it, um, like I'm I'm super wary of not trying to focus too much on on myself and like give myself like you know more takes than I would do any other Mm. cast member. How do you how do you navigate around that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it became the opposite. In fact, in fact, I gave myself. Too little takes in some cases. Like when we were in the edit, the editor was like, What the fuck? Like you did that other like motion like 50 times with the actor, and then you with the most emotional core of the scene, you only did two takes. Yeah. And we were, I was really like, Oh wow. Because, you know, yeah, I was really aware of like needing to just get it. I needed to just be able to get it and move on because everything else needed my attention. And so my, my, I'd sort of like what I'd done is I'd I'd spoken to a lot of other people who had written, directed and acted and stuff. And the main thing people said was like, it's great because in a way you're not worrying about your performance. And often that's the best thing that you can do as an actor to kind of leave yourself alone a bit. And obviously, I really believe that like when you write something, you do a lot of the work that you do as an actor. Like you're going internally so much to create that. So I was already very ahead, you know, and then also I, you know, specifically worked on my performance before knowing that on the day I wouldn't have that chance. I didn't have chance to watch playback a lot at all because we just didn't have time. It was just so tight. Mm -hmm. So I had to like, you know, I just said to the crew, you know, I said to certain people, like, you can say something if you think I haven't got it. And like they did. And also other people in the crew randomly would be like, I don't think you got that, which I love. You're fired. (laughs) I really liked that though. It was like, it was very democratic. And you know, because everyone could see that there was like a lot for me to be taking in and everyone really believed in it and stepped up. It was kind of amazing. And also someone had said to me, you know, the most important thing is just to give yourself options that's what you need and I think it was it was a great experience in terms of acting of like learning like being really like less precious you know like and and doing that edit as well you know definitely I could have done more takes and obviously I think your performance is always going to suffer a little bit when you're doing all of that but also you're like, oh, wow, acting is so much about just like flexibility, giving yourself options, you know, not being too like wedded to one reading of it. Because in the edit, things change so much. And, you know, as my editor would say often, like he's worked on huge films and he was like, you wouldn't believe the incredible actors who we've like saved, you know, taken stuff when it wasn't even action wasn't even called, you know, like it's a it's a it's a like a patchwork, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, that was like really liberating, you know, it was like, obviously there was like, I knew what I wanted to convey, but I also, it changed and shifted, you know, and I had to edit what I had and that wasn't necessarily what I thought it was always going to be. So yeah, it was like, um, it was a learning curve and, but, but one of like, you know, I guess just fluidity was the main thing to try to aim for.
0: Yeah, so much of the, the film-making process happens in the edit. Like, yeah. you go into the edit with, like, what you think is your film, which is, like, loosely or mostly based on the script, and then you come out with something entirely different altogether.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember, like, sitting down with the first rushes and just being like, oh, my God, I didn't get the film. What the fuck? Yeah. Just, like, you're just, like, completely you can't believe it and then it's so interesting you just spend this time like you know it's like it's like carving out a sculpture you know and like finding little moments and piecing it together and and then it's with you get this kind of shadow of your script like if you read my script and saw the film like they're the same thing but obviously like it's you know this kind of other slightly other beast that has grown from that and the performances and other people's performances as well, and the angles. But, you know, it just all slightly shifted to something else, which I, you know, ended up loving even more. But it's like a terrifying process because you're always like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, is it going to work? Until the very last, even the last edit, you're like, I was like, I like this, but I have no idea what this is anymore. And like, if it, I don't know, you know, you've seen it so many times, it's impossible to kind of
0: even understand what the impact of it might be yeah you lose your perspective don't completely. you completely i always find the first edit is the hardest one to watch Ugh. i like completely panic I'm like, what have i done here <laughs> this is a disaster yeah and then in the swipe the short that i made i then had to do some pickups and i thought that was a disaster the fact that i had to, had to do pickups and like my editor was like no man like people do pickups all the yeah. time but in my head, I was like, oh, I, f- I
1: fucked it. No, I was desperate to do pickups but we didn't have enough budget or time or anyone available. Yeah, it's like, but in a way, it's like, yeah, doing pickups is amazing. And if you can, definitely. And also like you might need something that you didn't even realize you, you needed. It, yeah. But when you just can't do it, it also is good because it kind of just makes you have to, be, you know, again, you're like, well, I haven't got that. So I'm going to yeah. have to tell this. It's like problem solving, you yes. know, it's very satisfying. I kind of hate it because it's so slow and like, it's just this frustrating medium, but I also love it. It's like mm. deeply satisfying at the yeah. same time. Um, and it, it's very, it's an intense collaboration. You know, the editor is like the most incredible, credible and like key member of a, of any film. Massively. And I was very lucky to, Tommaso Coloni edited my film and, you know, like it was, he's done a lot of like Sorrentino films and like very, you know, kind of expressionistic and, Way more high end than than you know what maybe you consider like a kind of comedy, but I always knew that I wanted that kind of tone. So I was so lucky to work with him because he brought so many ideas and a perspective that was you know kind of outside of the realms of maybe standard like dramedies. I guess.
0: Did you did you reach out to him specifically? Wanting to work with
1: him? Mm, yeah, yeah, You'd yeah. would seen his work I'd before. seen he'd edited some shorts of people that I knew okay. and I'd really like them. Yeah. And then I kind of looked him up. Yeah, I did actually. But, you know, I was, um, I wasn't sure because, you know, mine is also a comedy and like English wasn't his first language and he also hasn't done loads of comedies before. And so I was like, oh God, maybe I need a comedy editor. And then it was like a friend, I think, gave me some really you know great advice which was like you are the beat of your comedy do you know what i mean like i've written it so therefore like in a way like that's something that is very personal whereas like the look and having you know that all these these other elements that i'd also wanted to bring to it like you know that's something that someone else can bring out of you yeah um and you know tamaz also totally got the comedy it was like it wasn't you know but i was yeah and and also you know I'm. I. I don't. I'm. I don't choose by gender necessarily at all. But obviously, it's a very, very female focused story, and it's very much from a female gaze. And and the editor really is like crafting something. So, you know, there was a bit of me that's like, oh, should it be a woman bringing? Because you know, it's. I can't. All this kind of stuff is so. The kind of line between objectification and sub-subjectification is so sort of fine. Often. Anyway, the point is, it's not gendered at all. And Tommaso was like the most sensitive, like tender, nuanced editor ever. But, but these are all questions you have when you're kind of bringing yeah, of a course. team together. Like, will people have the right sort of sensibilities or yeah. eye or, or kind of um, gaze? Yeah.
0: What you managed to do really well was get the balance between creating something that was a comedy or you want to call it a dramedy and also having a, having a really cinematic look. I mean, it was shot beautifully.
1: Oh, thank and you.
0: Thinks that's hard to do sometimes because if it's like comedy focused, that's usually the priority. You know, let's shoot on a wide. <laughs> uh You know, we'll get our reaction shots. Yeah, but you you clearly thought about the look and the feel of the short. Yeah, definitely. Did you spend a lot of time with your cinematographer, sort of deciding how it's going to look and shots? And did you sort of like have references and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah.
1: I Millie. I mean, she so so I co-directed this show ages ago and found this amazing cinematographer. Sarah Cunningham, who, again, was like way too um, talented and sort of, what's the word, skilled for me at that stage. But she studied in Paris, so she was kind of wanting to break into stuff here. So I was very lucky to work with her. She was like mainly shoots on film, like very, very sort of cinephile, DOP. And so we, we shot this this film and, you know, it was amazing because, yeah, my references are largely 70s soft porn is kind of my favorite cinematic genre in world yeah. and like Italian sort of Italian 70s cinema. And, you know, we kind of playing with, yeah, she loved that and was so experimental and so generous with us. You know, maybe we couldn't shoot on film because so we'd have the budget, but like using sort of see-through types to create that Vaseline Vaseline look and all the rest of it. And then since that first thing we did, you know, we've just kept speaking and we're friends. And, you know, I'd always send her stuff and she's really, you know, so we, what's great is we built up a language together and my sister was the set designer. So similarly, we have this really like, so for months we were like, you know, I was pulling images of films that I love, but also films that they know and they know that I love. And, you know, yeah, like creating huge mood boards and kind of palettes and textures and i think the main thing was like you know i wanted to i I, like i i come from theater i started writing theater and that was kind of how i began and um so when when i was first like was sort of sending this film around like a lot of like you know people who i met or worked with like were a bit like oh yeah it's great but like you know shouldn't you be making something that's a bit more cinematic with something they kept saying like you know like i get they think what they meant was it's really interior which is like a play but it was such a frustrating note because you know i was looking at films like in the mood for love and like um douglas Cirque films and like vincent gallo films and all these you know yeah this whatever all these films that that are hugely cinematic and use interiors to be huge you know it's, yeah, impressionistic and and playing with all these different, you know, light and color and all these things that are totally cinematic. But it was like, it had to make it to show that, you now know. That's possible. Do, you know what that. I mean? Yeah, like, cause sure. they just read it as like, as you say, like, you know, in a room, like two-hander yeah. play, you know? And it was funny, I did a kind of an amazing screening and talk with Mike Lee. And that was the first thing that he asked me. He said, I bet when you were touting around this film, people told you that it wasn't cinematic enough. Because he was yeah. like, I got exactly the same thing my whole life. He's yeah. like, because he also came from theatre. And his first film is this, we screened, We I got invited to screen my short with his first feature. And then we did a and a and he was like, you know... I was just always telling them to fuck off because they were just, you know, constantly being like, "Oh, it's too theatrical." It's and he was like, "That's just not true." Like, cinema can be anywhere. So yeah, so yeah, a lot of thought was put into the way it looked.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you can really tell that it's. It is frustrating sometimes when you're when you've got a script in place. Sometimes people won't necessarily take the time or have the imagination mm, mm. to envisage what it is that. How you think or how you know it it was going to look. So in the past, I've often just shot scenes or tasters just Mm. to show people because of like this completely different experience if somebody's watching something as opposed to just reading words on a page. But obviously that's tricky because that can cost time. Yeah, to do it well. Exactly.
1: So so chicken and the egg with all this stuff, you know, I mean, it's like... To have the support to make a really good film that kind of represents what you wanted to do, like how do you get that support in the first place? And yeah. it's, you know, that's I kind of think is the main battle of 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 making work and 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 doing this is like how to sort of find a way to kind of, you know, yeah, to make work and and to to expo- be, be exposed to to like the professional world, you know, how how to how to begin really,
0: yeah would you say then prior to this you'd mainly written drama when was would, would you say this was your first like comedic experience no, or you'd no. done lots of stuff before other
1: way around, yeah yeah Oh, really yeah right yeah around. i mean okay. all my stuff that i've ever done is really like dramedy i would say like okay. it's it's yeah i would say like um yeah but like of different so before this um Yeah, so I was doing writing plays and then putting them on and taking, you know, putting them on in weird venues for free basically around London and then kind of from that people coming and then using the money that we got from tickets to like go to the Edinburgh Free Fringe and that was always kind of the Vaults Festival was really key to like, they really supported me and that was amazing because it was like a proper venue and it was in central London and people would come and word would spread and then like... Um, yeah and so then I won a competition there to get my play that was on published and that was so that was a kind of dramedy about two about about a female friendship over a year and kind of the nuance of how their friendship was changing with grief and all the rest of it and um, yeah I guess from there um, it was published which then meant that like now kind of women around the world do it you know which is kind of I guess that was you know as a writer, to kind of be, you know, I was always writing, performing till that point, but suddenly it was like the first thing where like people who weren't me were performing that work, um, and then from there started writing for TV, and that is what I was doing, kind of solidly up to making the film, and all the scripts, yeah, kind of in that dramedy space. Some maybe more comedic, some maybe more bit more dramatic, but but yeah, comedy is always in everything.
0: And I guess it's it hasn't been then too much of a transition in terms of you like writing and then performing your own thing. If you've always been a right performer, that's just what comes naturally to you.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, yeah, I think the theatre stuff, you know, was like out of like necessity. You know, we just often didn't have like, yeah, I was writing it, I would be in it. We'd have like, I just get a friend to direct. Sometimes a friend wouldn't be around because at the beginning we weren't paying anyone. So yeah. then I direct it, you know, like, yeah. and you start having to get quite good at like just, kind of monitoring your own performances or like doing you know obviously not always and sometimes work with brilliant directors and that would obviously be like it's wonderful to work with other directors as well but I think like very much from that sort of world of like you're just making yeah you're kind of having to like constantly be adapting and be kind of um yeah being able to measure yourself as well because you can't rely on there always being someone like consistently to
0: bring out of you yeah you're almost editing as you go along yeah And um, how are you in terms of looking at yourself or seeing yourself on screen? Are you all right with it? Uh,
1: Yeah, I remember when we were at drama school, um, we did like our first day of of, like screen work and they just filmed us talking and we're like, this is going to be the most horrific thing ever. And it was the most horrific thing ever. You're just like, I'm just looking at my spot like the whole time, just like the spot is enormous. That's all anyone can see. Yeah, and you're just like, I this is I can't I'm going to have to give up on this because it's too unbearable. I don't look the way I think you're meant to look, you know, whatever yes. it is. And then kind of a great thing happened. I guess we just did it so much. It was that was the best thing. You know, I have I don't think people need to go to drama school at all, but the thing that it gives you if you do want to go is like um if you do have the chance to go is like you just get to practice and practice and practice and practice. You know, you just get used to something. So, yeah. and then and like, you know, and what you'd say is like people would say like, oh, the camera likes you, but they say that you know this myth that people think, oh, some people the camera likes is not true. The reality is, some people like the camera. Yeah, and that was kind of a really interesting shift for me of like, oh, this isn't about like objectively being attractive or beautiful or whatever the thing is. It's about your attitude to this thing either you're like freaked out by it and you you know and if you don't want to be there it will pick it up yeah or you're just like this is me I don't I know that like I'm never gonna see myself the way other people do but I can trust that like that like my work or what I want to you will can can come through but I just have to like enjoy this process and I suppose that was the shift and now it's like yeah it's funny it's like I don't, it's not like I'm like sitting around enjoying it, but I'm also, I'm quite good at just being like, I might hate this, but I know that other people's experience of it is not like being like, look at that person's spot. You know, they're just yeah. not thinking about that. And that's really liberating.
0: That's a healthy attitude to take mm. towards it. But I think one that comes with experience, like you said, over time you get to that point and you're sort of like, no fuck's given.
1: Yeah, I think like editing the film is like obviously hilarious because it's like my face, doing like quite weird impressions for a lot of it. And at the beginning it was like, what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. And like, but then, yeah. And it was so good to have to force myself to like, I couldn't, I couldn't edit with like, uh, oh, I'll try and choose that shot where I look nicer. Cause yeah. it just like, wasn't the story, you know? So it was just like forced me to completely take myself out of it and be objective, you know? Yeah. Like that, like, yeah, it was just like a kind of a completely, I have to, in fact, like the weirder I look, the better often. Cause it was like, this is for like a, you know, this is conveying a particular emotion Yeah. and that, and then what's great is like, yeah, people aren't really talking about what I look like. They're talking about the story, story, you know, yeah. and, and that's what they should be. And if they, you know, yeah. And I'm always amazed in life. I find this about everything like writing, acting, everything is like, Things you think are like, oh, awful. Someone will come up to you and be like, I thought that was my favorite bit, or, you know, like, I thought you looked wonderful then, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's and so
0: subjective, isn't it? It's
1: always the way. And like, I always, that's kind of always given me quite a lot of strength. Like, someone will always hate it, will always think it's horrific, terrible, yeah. and someone else will absolutely love it. And that, more or less, obviously, there's <laughs> within reason, but like, that will be the reaction that people have about the same exact moment. And so you kind of, when you realize that, you're like, fuck it. I do, Like, I just have to do this because I think it's worth something. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I find that it's obviously terrifying. I'm not saying that I love loads of criticism, but like knowing that that will always be there. And as being as wary of that as you are of like huge praise, just kind of knowing that it's somewhere in the middle is kind of the thing that allows me to keep going, I think
0: yeah out of the all those processes i think i'm gonna i know the answers because we have talked about this writing acting and directing which do you find the most painful painful
1: yeah um yeah i guess i'll i guess writing um for me is like the most i mean it's the thing i do most i would mm. say um and i do it every day and uh, do you have a
0: strict routine
1: uh more or less. I mean, not this week, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I write every day, whatever happens in in like a free form. That's what I do when I wake up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how long will you write for usually? Uh, for like 20 minutes, to half an hour. Just, At a time? Yeah. Just like write solidly. There's the I've been doing that for like seven years now. And okay. it's like, I would say like single-handedly the reason that what started me writing and kind of I think the best practice that I have to help me keep writing, because like with ev- with everything, it means that one I'm doing this thing every day, which yeah. I think for anything you're doing in life, you kind of need like for anything you're becoming quote unquote an expert in. Not that yeah. I'm an expert in it at all, but it is the thing that I do professionally. Yeah, it's like you know, like if you were a sports person you'd probably be like running every day or whatever yeah. it is well, it's you like
0: 10,000 hour myth, isn't it clocking up your 10,000
1: yeah 10, hours but even expert. more than that it's like just sort of doing it and getting over the kind of I think the biggest thing that I see with everyone myself like has always you know like the getting started is the thing that everyone struggles yeah. with yeah so if you're you know in the blank page is the worst thing and, and it just kind of keeps me in a process of like you're just doing it and it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it's not anything. It's just, you're just doing and refining and rethinking, but it's just what you do. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like that. But, but, um, so I love that, but then obviously like, you know, I find the solitude of writing and also like, particularly, you know, a lot of the scripts that I write are, you know, there's a, there's a, a very, come from a very personal place and, that's what people want at the moment as well you know it's often like we'd love you know yeah like it's often it's not necessarily autobiographical but it's coming from a you know a point truth yeah yeah and so it's quite it's painful to spend quite a long time sort of mining yourself for these things you know and like having to sort of sit in memory and sort of sometimes quite uncomfortable memories you know it's not I find that quite a painful thing you know uh so i definitely when i'm just writing for long stretches of time you know it's not always a very happy place sometimes though when you're in total flow and it's kind of really working it's like the best Mm. feeling in the whole world yeah but those moments i can count like i would say like a few weeks of those this year you know so rare yeah Where you're just like, I can't even leave the house. I've just got to write this. It's just coming. And oh my God, oh my God, oh my yeah. God, oh my God. And it's like, you know, and you finish this script in that moment. But most of the time, it's like you're pushing yourself. You're working it out. It's like, oh, you're like squeezing it out of you. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard. Whereas, but then the other two are hard in very different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's also enjoyable about it. It's mm. the variety between them all.
1: 100%. Yeah. And so, you know yeah, this year particularly has, I've had quite a lot of variety and it's been amazing. I think, you know, in the past it hasn't been like that and it's definitely been more of a struggle whereas, you know, everyone always asks like, how can you do all three? And like, you know, oh my God, but but genuinely I'm like, how could you not, you know, for me it's like jumping from, yeah, the solitude of of, and that very sort of academic space of writing to then acting, which is just a totally different creative feeling. It's like, very visceral, very playful, very like, you know, um, um, yeah, communal and 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 collaborative, which I love. You know, it's also exhausting in a different way and, and kind of demanding of you and a very different kind of mentality. And then directing, which is, you know, not something that I've done a lot of, but when I have, I've really been like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Because mm. it's like this kind of calm of like, you are having to like, in feet, like bring everyone with you and it's like it kind of demands a kind of um sort of like a you have to find a real calm otherwise you literally, your head would explode because everything's going wrong and it's a really like amazing I don't know, I imagine it's like what like conducting is or what like leading people into a battle is a terrible direction <laughs> not that I'd ever want to do that but you know it's like yeah, you'll have it's like a magnanimity that you have to, which is yeah, and you have to have so much energy and like yeah, you can I wouldn't be able to do it like every day. I don't know how people do like one job to the other in directing. Because imagine doing a feature, yeah, or like a series where yeah. you do. I mean, it would be amazing. I guess you just yeah, you go into a different zone. You know, there's no. It's so all encompassing, I suppose, um, which is addictive for sure. You find it addictive? Yeah, like, but at the same time, I can see why people, you know, but I think you need to like, I remember just before directing the short, I was just like terrified and I was just convinced it just wouldn't happen. I was just like, oh, something will come up and it won't happen. And then it just got closer and closer and it was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. And like-
0: Did you have like a feeling of imposter syndrome or was it more like, oh fuck, what if shit. Yeah,
1: it wasn't even imposter syndrome because it wasn't even like I was pretending that I knew what I was doing. It was like- oh my god yeah. like what like you know it just felt so yeah I just didn't even understand you know like 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 cameras and all these things and lenses like it's like I was really lucky because Sarah is my friend and my you know of like and, and I really believe this is important you know and actually some friends of mine have started something in um Panavision called Lights Camera Power and it's for like well, particularly women who want to go into directing, but maybe, again, feel like they don't know it. You know, a lot of people have that feeling that they haven't gone to film school and, you know, that's, yeah, they don't have the confidence to just say, I'm going to direct. And so it's about going around Panavision and they, it's really amazing with DOPs who take you through the cameras, the lights, because basically anyone can direct, you know, like other people, are the technical skilled people. You're not there to be the one who's like, this is the focus of the camera at this mm. point. You're there to be like, this is what I want to convey. Um, but I think a lot of people, particularly women, feel like they have to know everything before they can do something, and which is obviously, there's an issue with like, well, we haven't got enough female directors. So anyway, knowing that, it was like, I knew I really wanted to do it. I knew it was important, but I also knew it's really fucking scary going into something where you don't know everything. Mm. But that's the kind of leap of faith that you have to take and... I feel like even every director, even like Stanley Kubrick, who's like the most prepared director in the world, probably feels that leap of faith thing the night before they shoot. So hundred
0: percent, and then and then it's just a question of like uh, how good you are at masking that.
1: Yeah, and managing just, manage- and just oh.
0: turning up on set and just being
1: yeah. Well, how how much of a kick you get out of that? Because I yeah. think
0: there's obviously a part of people
1: who do it you know you quite I quite enjoy that like I I think I personally do quite well in chaos I'm not so good in other scenarios for Mm -hmm. sure but like I think if you're someone who likes acting or or acting and directing I feel are similar in a sense like writing's a bit different because you can spend hours on your own perfecting things but acting and writing is like you kind of have to be a bit of like a a masochist to do those jobs because what you're basically saying is like acting is crazy like I'm gonna go on a stage in front of like hundreds of people and like remember two hours worth of dialogue with other people anything could go wrong at any time but I'm gonna within that just say I'm gonna go with whatever happens like in front in public you know like that's for the people who like that it's like a very crazy thing yeah but when you do it's amazing yeah when it goes right
0: it's amazing it's you know that feeling of Having made your short and looking back at it, yeah. like Oh wow, I made this thing and it's out there now and it's doing well at film festival. And then it takes on its whole a whole life of its own. Like we wouldn't have met, I know, we never made a short, and you meet all these people who are doing similar stuff to yourself. I was like, oh, this is it's awesome. It opens up a whole world. Exactly, and you forget that
1: like there was a moment on like day one where like a helicopter was, you know, flying for outside the house for like three hours, so we couldn't. Um... You can take my water. Oh, thanks so that we had to stop filming and it was like, oh my God, we're not actually going to be able to finish this short if that helicopter doesn't leave and there's no way we can get that helicopter to leave. If it, if it flies for one more hour,
0: we're not going to be able to make this film. Yeah. That was like what happened on our first day. Perfect.
1: All these things at the time, you're like, this is the worst thing ever. And yeah. then you look back at the film and you forget that. And you're like, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah.
0: Great experience. <laughs> our first day, we had uh, one of our leads had food poisoning and projectile vomiting. <laughs> uh, we had. Not funny yeah i mean at the time but again you're just in the chaos yeah it's like this is what it is you just it. Got, you've just got to deal with it <laughs> it's like yeah someone get him a bib um, and let's let's carry on um, but yeah it's i guess that is part of the beauty of it so okay so work aside what are you good at like are you good at living the rest of your life outside of work are you good at sort of like just relaxing or are you, or is your mind... Because you're a writer and you're a creator, you know that your your career is almost largely based on your output to a certain degree. Mm, mm. So are you good at just putting that stuff down, just saying, okay, I'm just going to chill tonight and watch Netflix? Or yeah, do well, else. Netflix is still work. It is, you yeah, know you're still mean? analysing. Okay, yeah. maybe a bad example, but...
1: Yeah, I think um, I have got better at it, yeah. I used to have like a terrible time and it was this repeated pattern... You know, I go because I go to Edinburgh a lot, and obviously, you know, you go and you have this intense month of just like chaos, and, and, you know, it's largely thankless, but there are moments of joy, and it's yeah. like totally, you know, you're giving it everything. And then you kind of come back, and then in September, it was already, anyway, is still weirdly this like start of the year school thing you'd be like, oh, wow, nothing's changed. Like, I'm still broke. My career's not gone forward in any way. Like September blues. There's no one here to, like, it's not like anything's happening. I'm going to have to, like, start it all again. Like, if I stop now, not one person would care, you know? Yes, yes. And that was, would really, I would always get really, really down. And um, it would just, you know, it was just this, like, heaviness of just, it's just a lot to, like be like, okay, what am I gonna do now? And how am I, you know, and, and and let alone, like, you know, what is my job gonna be now to like, you know, so that I could just spent all my money doing this, like, you know, tiny play. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then I'm trying, you know, and then I guess, for me, I... I can't, I guess, yeah, I went to therapy and that was really helpful. Did you it's, go
0: to go to therapy for that specific reason? I didn't go
1: for that specific reason, but okay. I went for various reasons. I, you know, um, yeah, to deal with things, grief and things like that, that I maybe hadn't. But I think I, what it was, was like that feeling coming back and being like, oh, wow, there's things I'm just not confronting. Yeah. And this is ridiculous. Like, I'm still feeling this. And yeah. I know it's to do with this, but it's also not because, you know... I don't I think it's also something else, you know, what I mean, so, so started to kind of, yeah, and, and, and that was helpful, again, in in terms of like, um, uh, yeah, talking, talking that through, but also, I guess, yeah, it was also I think what shifted actually was like, this realization that I wasn't doing these things anymore for a result. So I think when I started, it was like, okay, I really need to get representation, or sure. you know, I really need to get out there and see how the hell, you know, it's just this thing of like, um, you know, even go, you know, like of just like, how the hell does anyone ever like pay any attention to you? Like, it's just so sad, you know, that's the kind of feeling. You're just like, mm. you're just like a drop in the ocean, you know, no one gives a shit and why should they, kind of thing. And 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 so at first maybe it was like, oh, maybe I'll make this thing so people will see it. And, you know, and then they don't see it or they see it and they like it, but, you know, it doesn't happen. And 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 that would be the source of disappointment. Yeah. Whereas then it became apparent to me, oh, I'm not actually like I'm doing this because I just, this is just what I need to do and what I do, you mm. know, and yeah. and I'm always going to do this. So it doesn't matter if like it doesn't lead to this, you know, like, because I'm just still wanting to do it, you know, and, and finding ways to do it and I think it was, yeah, when that, that kind of shift of, and it's a long process it's been a long process of being like, like the satisfaction of those moments. And, and if things happen, that's a bonus. But like knowing that even if exterior things didn't happen, I'd still be like writing my next thing or making my next, you know, like that shifted for me of like, this is a practice. This is a lifelong practice. And Maybe it will be something that I have to, like, make money other ways, and but I'll always be doing this. Maybe it can be the thing that does. And then that, you know, that really did start to shift things. And then yeah.
0: the work came, you know, yeah, but also, way, yeah. Yeah, I guess once once you uh, subconsciously let go, that shifts oh, yeah. things. We, we, rather than just constantly striving and trying to attain for something, that, that feeling of just like, okay, whatever's going to happen, what happened, Yeah. just shifts things subconsciously without you even realizing
1: yeah and it's still there like don't don't get me wrong I'm still like disappointed all the time and still wanting things I haven't got of course but like getting better also I think it being like you know I'm interested in the stuff that I'm doing and like mm, you know like I'm enjoying the process of doing these things and then that also you know so like yeah this summer I took I went with my film played in this film festival in southern Italy it's this really cool place that I been to by chart you know and and I just kind of hung out there after, and I just sort of had loads of writing to do I just didn't do it for like two and a half weeks and just kind of took quite a lot of like yeah sort of like um you know being pleasure of just being like no not back yet actually and like I really need this time to just like experience things because I just also this feeling of like I don't I actually don't want to keep producing for the sake of... Produ- it's not good, you know, no, like... You it can affect your creativity, can't it? You're pushing it out constantly. Yeah, it's like, I I want to, like... Yeah, I guess also my priorities have definitely shifted. Like, you know, I want to make things that mean something and now are good and important and that, like, yeah. And 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 I want to work and I love yeah. working. And I, so I guess there's always the thing of, like, I want to have the opportunity to work. That's the big thing of like the fear of like, if you don't keep doing it, like you won't get the opportunity, you know, the opportunities yeah. seem to come with doing, but at the same time, like life and like relationships and experiences and community and politics and all these other things are really important to
0: me. And I, that's as important as like work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. But And they also help shape your existence, oh, yeah. mean, your, your experience. Sorry. Um, And, you know, you've got to go out there to live in order to create those stories. Um, I mean, I'm not saying like, that is the reason I'm going to go and live today so I can find a story. (laughs) But it's just the two go hand in hand, don't they? If you're just going to be sitting in your room every day thinking, oh, what am I going to write write today? It's not going to be the same as when I'm just going to go out and enjoy life, etc. And something inevitably will happen that might trigger a thought or an idea or something like that. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, the balance. I guess we all know people who are like really successful and really unhappy. Yeah, that's you know? that's the
0: cliche, isn't and it? And it's
1: like that actually like yeah, I really don't wanna be that.
0: No. So what do you do? What's your what's Florence's downtime consistent?
1: <laughs> um well, uh I've been boasting quite a lot about swimming in winter. Okay. But I'm ill now, so that was um, okay. you know, uh uh yeah, maybe a bit um premature but that yeah I like um swimming and reading and like hanging out with people and I don't know I'm really lucky that um most of my friends like are in completely different worlds and nothing to do with this industry so like I'm kind of they're all doing really interesting one amazing things you know whether it's like planting trees or community gardening or like you know I don't know activism and, and also you know, so it's like I guess delving into other people's lives is thing is like what I love doing and kind of yeah, or see you know, seeing the things that they're doing. Um yeah, I like traveling and all the sort of normal things of that. But I guess just sort of um yeah, like exploring completely different art forms and completely different practices and sort of uh yeah being completely away even at the moment I'm not really like watching anything I Mm. I, I can't I'm sort of it's not to say there's not loads of really great stuff I watch a hell of a lot but like I don't know my mind's just kind of more interested in like the actual real world at the moment you know it's kind of a crucial time and I'm 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 sort of yeah interested in chatting to people I love chatting
0: love a good chat (laughs) and people watching people watching watching.
1: walking around I love walking around listening to music
0: it the seems dance. to be, um, the walking around seems to be a common uh, brain theme with creatives that I've I've talked to mm. in this podcast in terms of one, as a mode of relaxation and two, coming up with ideas. And a lot of the time it's um, solitary walks. People just like to walk for, for ages on their own.
1: Yeah. I love traveling on my own. I really- and Solo traveling is great. I've had some amazing, I, I, I often, not often enough actually, but like going away to write and alone- I don't really get any writing done, but okay. what it does is, is I'll like have a particular project that I want to finish. Yeah. Normally a project that's like I'm not being paid for is like a project that I just want to do myself. Sure. And so it's hard to find the time to do it because, you know, there's deadlines and stuff. So I'll take myself off and it's like my favorite thing because you're kind of preoccupied with what you've got to do. So you're not just like twiddling your thumbs, just like whatever. You're very content, you know, with like, but then what normally happens is you just kind of Sit and like chat to people and sort of yeah experience stuff in such a like more kind of intense way because you're not with loads of friends just like distracted and yeah it just gives you the space to kind of have weird ideas have like bizarre encounters I don't know I've never yeah like moving around I've never felt like yeah make I've the few times I've done it it's like been one of the feelings most like contented feelings in my life like I'm just like I could do this forever
0: yeah it's very freeing isn't it
1: yeah just that thing of like I can and also that feeling I suppose of being like I'm really okay like I don't actually I don't know this is just reassuring for me I don't think it would necessarily be for everyone but like I'm really all right on my own like like I'm I can find like connection with people I can sort
0: of have you always been that way inclined or is that something that's changed as you've got older and, and sort of understand yourself more
1: yeah I think it's always been something that I like and inclined to but I think you know as I've got older and more kind of um I guess settled
0: in myself it's like
1: a thing where I'm like yeah like I really realizes like a strength you know whereas yeah. maybe when I was younger I'd sort of try and do it but maybe feel a bit subconscious self-conscious or whatever yeah so yeah it's something developed over time
0: so you seem to me to be someone that's very, I feel like you've got a very healthy balance going on. Oh, and this is why these kind of things are... No, like, but, like, I'm... No, but in term, what I mean by that is um, just in terms of, like you seem to have like done a fair bit of work on yourself and uh, you kind of got to a point where you've developed quite a strong mindset and um, <clears throat> maybe aren't as... affected or negatively negatively affected by um the the results of 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 what you do etc um Mm. in terms of what you're talking about before um you know in terms of seeing yourself on camera all that sort. you've you've been through that and you've come come out the other side and you're not letting that affect you personally in that respect does that make sense
1: yeah 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 i mean you know as i say it's a process i don't think i'm like out the other like I always, you know, uh, for every like, for everything that goes well, there's probably like ten things that I have been disappointed that I haven't got, like yeah. that I really wanted, will feel really like, you know,
0: so yeah. But as long as you don't post on Instagram, it doesn't count.
1: Oh, exactly. But that's what's so funny is, is that I guess that's you know, I, I, I'm constantly a bit disappointed. Yeah. But like, also kind of also have this thing of like, wow, but I'm also doing this other stuff. And like, I'm, I guess it's like this feeling of like, it's such a difficult profession. Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of like, it's so incredibly lucky to be in any way making your living doing this work. And sometimes I'm like, shit, I should be pushing more. I get a bit like, oh my God, you're just being a bit complacent. And, and that's true. And like, you know, I guess there are people pushing more. But I guess when I've been like, when you're just kind of pushing for like something more, it just doesn't lead anywhere good. The time, anything that I've ever done that has led to something has just been like me doing it because I just had to do it. And no, yeah. often no one else gave a shit. And it kind of, you know, and, and that's just something that I've learned. So I suppose, yeah, it's like to resign yourself to being like kind of part really grateful to even have the chance to be anywhere near the table, wherever the table is. And the other part, like, slightly disgruntled and disappointed and always wanting a bit more, but I guess it's this constant balancing act. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you yes, just slid it in nicely. <laughs> Didn't ask, of to say that.
1: Yeah, and it does feel like it's like a pendulum. And, you know, yeah. it's never steady. It's never like I'm like, oh, I'm content. But I do try, yeah, you know and also it's terrifying because you're like it you can just people switch all the time in this thing and one minute you have a job and then the next minute it's, it's gone and yeah. how to find that kind of it's like being in a storm or something you know Yeah. um but as I say I think if you're the kind of people who do this like you slightly are drawn to that chaos yeah for sure so I guess yeah that's it's like being in a really like slightly toxic turbulent relationship with someone where it's like really great sometimes and really bad and you're like you should probably leave but there's no one else around and when it's good it's, it's really, really good, good.
0: <laughs> yeah I think what's inspiring about um you is that you've created a lot of your own opportunities whereas you know it could be some people might go okay cool I've got an agent now I mean that's never it never works out that way like oh, let's just wait to get some auditions. Yeah, you can do that, but you're going to drive yourself crazy. You've, mm. you've just gone out and you've created your own output, which has led to an opportunity, led to another opportunity. and
1: Yeah, um, I guess it's not like, I think the main thing I've realized as well is that it's so unlinear, like from the outside things look linear. Yeah. And I've really seen that. It's the same thing with people being like, oh, overnight success. And it's never, so, you never, know. never. And I think like, it's not like anything I've ever done has directly led to anything else ever. There's okay. never been like, Apart from maybe like people like I would say TV producers coming to see my play, yeah. has led to like what do you want to write? Let's work with you okay that would be the only thing that is like you know linear, I would say in terms of oh like you write, you write something, it gets sent out, people read it they're sure. like we'd like to work with you, but other than that, and anyway, that is still not really linear because it just goes round and round in weird circles, and who the hell knows where that ends up, but yeah. On the whole, I think the main thing is like it's more about just being the just constantly doing, I feel
0: like tends to lead to like things happening. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. It's like even if it's meeting someone, it might not necessarily be, uh, you know, something tangible, but just by meeting someone, you don't know what that what will happen from that relationship. Yeah. And not, not that you're necessarily vying for that, but who knows what's going to happen further down the line. And it's slow.
1: I think that's yeah. the other thing. Like, I'm incredibly impatient. Yeah. And I think a lot you know, you want things to like have a reaction and everything good that's ever happened to me has taken a seriously long time. Yeah. So I think it's it's again masochistics. It's just like for an impatient person, this is a terrible profession to be in. But like, you know, there has to be a sense of like yeah. Things ruminate for long and like you know good ideas ruminate for like my short I started thinking about that short like two or three years ago it's only 12 minutes took me ages to write that It, Mm. it you know I'm always like amazed when you read people like I think the guy who wrote God's Own Country was like yeah I just wrote it in two weeks sent it to my friend he was like great this is a movie we made it and I was just like Of course, that's also like probably like a, you know, I'm sure he was like thinking about stuff. I think it was his first film and, you know, but what it, so, so again, it's, you know, when we talk about things. It's so easy to be like, and then I just did this thing, you know, we met and then we just made a film together. But, but, you know, I guess it's like nothing. I really like noticed this with, and I know this about myself. Like when I started my, when I started doing this kind of stuff, it was like, everything was instantaneous and rushed this idea of like success and yeah. what that would be. And then you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like that kind of success is never going to happen. It's mm-hmm. not, but that's not, you know, there's so many other layers of just like what sort of, yeah. What, what it, what, what it can feel like. And then the highs can be and they're like, yeah.
0: How does the um, idea of fame sit with you?
1: Yeah. Like um, less and less and less and less and less. Like,
0: when you started out, was it sort of something that you looked at positively? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. Like
1: yeah. I think, you know, I think especially as like a, a, a little girl, you know, like that's a big problem, particularly like when I was younger in like the 90s and early 2000s was like there weren't, we didn't see like female directors and writers like prominently. It wasn't, spo- you know, like that was the issue. Like you saw like you kind of had this instinct to like perform and you like theatre, whatever film, whatever. And it's like, oh, women do that. They're They're actors and they're famous and they you know that's what that's what success is and and obviously like everyone around you who's not in the industry they only ever like qualify success with fame and then you kind of you know yeah you realize that this that thing is like a completely separate beast that is nothing to do with what we do it's like this weird sort of yeah this weird other species that kind of coexists with everything that we do and and I'm sure it's like you know I think it's amazing I was thinking about it a lot on the election like how amazing to be like have a platform like that to like talk about things that are important because like that's the hardest thing is like at the moment I feel in life like getting ideas through the kind of vortex that is social media you know like I don't have like hardly any followers or anything like that and like I, I don't really express myself in those mediums you know And I don't know how useful they are, but they're for sure that it's like, it's an amazing thing for like to make work, people to respond to it. And then to be able to like have dialogue with people on that kind of grand scale, like quite that's kind of incredible,
0: but all the other stuff is terrifying. How are you with uh, social media? Do do you, does it affect you? Does it affect your mental health at all in terms of like you post something, you like check 20 minutes, and say, oh God, I've got like three FA likes or anything like that. Or you, does that not bother you at all? Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like struggle with it. I think because like I didn't grow up with it. So it's yeah. like not a language I really understand. Sure. And I'm always like freaking the hell out. And I'm also like guilty because I'm like, basically now I only use it to like post about stuff that I'm doing and work. Yeah. And I'm like, this is horrific. I'm just like completely adding to the problem, of the situation, which is that like, you know, we just show our like best achievements and it just makes people, you know, I'm sure in the same way that I see people's achievements and you're like, fuck, they're doing so much better. You know, like it just fuels this terrible beast. And I'm very aware of that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know how to like, I also feel uncomfortable being like really honest about stuff. And like, also it's just not... Like, who am I doing that to? My friend, my community don't, it's not like loads of people use it in that way either. So it's like, I don't, that's not the relationship. I I have it for like seeing what I'm really interested in, like seeing what like discourses, you know, of people of completely different places to me, of different ages, different, you know, I do find that amazing about it. I think it's like amazing how like ideas and politics can be shared in, in a way that when I was growing up, I just didn't have access. Mm-hmm but i also don't feel i'm also i'm not even also i really i'm really struggle with like the pithy funny like i'm terrible at twitter i just retweet cuz i'm like i do not work well in like 150 i i'm an overwriter anyway like everything i write is way too long and it's like and it just freaks me out to like put something out into the world as fact like i think social media for me there's no room for it's so binary there's no room for gray area people are constantly being taken down because people don't get the nuance and I'm all about the gray area. I don't really have, believe I know any, I don't, I would never really stand by one opinion 100% wholeheartedly. So like the idea of putting that out in the ether, like it's just, it, it it's something that it just is not a natural way of my, me expressing myself. Yeah, I don't think it
0: is natural. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not a natural form of communication. I wouldn't be surprised if however many generations from now people will look back and study this period of time thinking what the hell were they doing? Like just completely, no filters whatsoever, just putting stuff out there. And I've been really watching Twitter sort of during the election and Mm. God, it just brings out such a vile side of people. There's no room for debate. It's sort of jumping down each other's throats. No one really values other people's opinions if it's an opposing opinion. And, um, you know, similarly to you, Sometimes you think, "Oh, should I put forth this opinion, et cetera? And I think to myself, kind of like, what's the point? I'll get sucked into some online argument or debate, etc. What are you going to gain from it? And some people I speak to, they go, well, actually, you can change people's opinions. Mm. And that might be true in some cases, but in most of the cases, I don't know if it is people just go back and forth and they get so emotionally attached to their opinion. And then that combined with this idea that, well, this person that I'm talking to, it's not even a real person necessarily. You sort of, there's that distance between you both. It's just, that that doesn't appeal to
1: me. No, I I read John Ronson's book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh
0: yeah, I want to read that.
1: It's really like, yes. It's it's amazing in the sense of what he does is he like follows scenarios of like, you know, someone's been publicly like shamed, done something quote on you know terrible and then maybe it's led to like and people have been like you fucking die you pig whatever and then the person's killed themselves and he's kind of following like is this like the medieval times where we saw people publicly flogged for pleasure like does that person who writes like die whatever and then the person dies do they actually want the person to die and if they don't like what does this say about like our relationship you know because basically the people receive these things and they're like fuck you know it's the violence to them and obviously lots of you know, and also like if you're a woman and you're a comedian with your head above the parapet, most of them have said you'll just receive rape threats like daily. You know, that's kind of like, are we meant to just be completely impervious to it? But then at the same time engage on other levels, it's kind of like, yeah, it feels a terrifying thing. But then people that I know have like made great friends on social media and have found communities. Yeah. And, you know, if you weren't celebrated in a mainstream way for whatever reason, it's like being a place of like finding, you know, like a voice and, and finding, and I, and I, you know, that, that is something amazing about that, but I don't know. It's like, I really feel like it's like an, a younger generation than me and it's their, their medium to like, and you know, for better or for worse, it's shaping their kind of way of being. But for me, it's like, it's not quite, it's not that for me. And I don't think it
0: ever will be, you know? Again, it's good that you know that yeah. rather than, you know, saying, oh, I should just plow on. I mean, it's not that you're not doing social media stuff, but you're quite, you know, you're quite specific about what you use it for and your output.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, it's quite frivolous. I see it as like a kind of frivolous thing for me, you know, it's like, yeah. I'll do some like nice thing, you know, and like, I don't love that because I don't think I'm a very frivolous person in real life, but I don't know how to engage with it on a deeper level whilst also feeling like, like, whilst also feeling like um, sincere or like true to myself. I just yeah. don't
0: know how to can, to do that. I think a lot of people put on an exaggerated mm. version of themselves mm. in some shape or form. You know, if you look about, look at some of these people who are prolific on Twitter, it's not necessarily just that's their personality. Mm. They've, just, they, they've adopted a personality for Twitter, mm. for the medium of Twitter mm. or Instagram, whatever it is. Um, okay. So to wrap things up, um, i ask every guest this. Um, What does the idea of balance mean to you or not?
1: Yeah, balance means happiness, I think, to me. Like, to achieve that is, like, I feel like that for me is, like, calm and, like, sort of perspective. And that's, like, the ideal, you know? Um, Yeah, there's something, like, enviably zen. I don't think I'll ever, like, totally, re, you know, because also we've spoken about, like, leisure and work but like relationships and all the other things of life finances like there's so many other things that like you know have been wildly all over the place whilst doing what we're
0: doing you know and uh, have you found that um your professional life has had an adverse effect on your personal life in terms of relationships over the years
1: um i wouldn't say adverse but um it's just totally informed it, you yeah. know what I mean? Okay. Like in a way that's like, I don't know, i really, you know, there's just like, cause it's like, you're not even going, like if I think about what my aims were sort of in my, you know, entering into like my, my whole life, you know, it's not been to like, I don't know, as much as that, like the first thing was always like to be able to like make these things and like to, to do that. And, like, the second thing was, like, thinking about, like, oh, yeah, what kind of, like, family do I want and what kind of, like, relationship do I imagine? Do you know, I'm not the, like, yeah. I'm not, like, hugely romantic and stuff, but, like, I, I and I'm just, like, when I have other friends who, like, maybe just, you know, they do a job that they just, that they're into maybe, but they just do it because it's a job. they're not they, their whole life. Yeah, they're kind of excited about not doing it at yeah. times as well, you know, like. Like they're much more, their life has been about like what sort of world do I want to create for myself, and mm-hmm. that's amazing too. But like, I have to be realistic with myself that that's not so. You know, all relationships that I've had, just like, you know, they're not always. There's, I'm not always going to compromise in the way that others do, and so the people I've been with though tend to also be doing not necessarily like creative stuff, but work like work that is also similarly all-consuming. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's been you know amazing at times but also really really challenging so yeah I think it's about like being realistic about your priorities not that like you can't and actually loads of people that I work with you know are the complete opposite and have like really I've got like really stable relationships and family life exactly because the chaos of what the world they work in is like too much you know so it, it completely comes out for different people but you know that definitely hasn't always been my priority so yeah you know but I'd also never really dated, like, I've certainly never dated an actor. So, you know, I'm also protecting myself in many ways as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, aren't we all? <laughs> um, so, talking of social media, uh, where can people find more about Florence?
1: Um, well, I am on Instagram as uh, Florence Keith Roach. And my film is on Instagram now with, like two followers a family affair film which is kind of where i tried i kind of tried to start that just to like post all the boring sort of like it's only so many times that your friends can give a shit about seeing your post with like a laurel being like i'm at another film festival yeah yeah so it kind of is an archive as well of just like this is where we've gone because it's gone to all these amazing places and i want to remember that and then um uh yeah i guess and and twitter as well at florence keith roach
0: and is the film is it online? Can you Not see it? Yet. Not because it's still doing the festival circuit. It's still doing festivals, but yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it will be this year at some point.
0: Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And there we have it. Another episode of Balancing Acts with Florence Keith Roach. I'm sure you will agree that was a really interesting conversation. It's just, I just love hearing. You know different artists talk about their processes and their perspectives on what they're doing and the industry and and then of course you know how they attempt to find some kind of balance and and navigate through this whirlwind of an industry to find some kind of clarity or peace of mind lots to take in there from from florence really enjoyed that conversation i hope you did too and as always please do rate review subscribe us subscribe us is that even does that even make sense well it doesn't but let's just go with it because i can't be bothered to edit that shit out you know what the other day i was thinking about this uh this idea of uh, rating and reviewing and it occurred to me that i had hardly done it at all for other podcasts that I listen to and enjoy on a regular basis. So not to uh, not to make you feel guilty or anything in, in case you know you haven't left the review and you, you listen to these podcasts but yesterday afternoon I decided to make it a thing to do thing. I, you know, you add it to your things to do list, I add it to my things to do list. How many times can I say things to do in a sentence? And I decided to rate and review all the podcasts that I haven't done before that I, I listened to. And do you know what? I felt really good for it. I felt like I'd done my good deed for the day. How pathetic is that? That, that is considered a, a good deed in my eyes. So yes, if, if you feel like you know you want to do a good deed but you can't be asked to do something that really requires a lot of effort then you know feel free just you know leave it leave a nice uh, positive glowing review and give a five-star rating on on itunes for balancing acts And, and there you go karma will reward you one way or the other So Balancing Acts is uh, made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators such as myself. Uh, They showcase the best new videos on comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms from from a load of independent creators who are are making uh, the best in uh, in adult animation, sketch shows, web series, viral hits, the whole lot. So if you're a creator, you should be on the comedy crowd. Uh, Go and check them out. They're great. They're really supportive of independent creators and um uh, they've got some really funny shit on there so do check them out okay all right until next time uh, have a good one bye Perfect.